to the Heavy Old Podcast, Tom. Hi, thanks for having me. That's right. Um, I'm Big Will, a.k.a. Uncle Buck. Something I'd like to address, uh, some rumors floating around in the comment sections and the, the little messages and all that on the internet about a band I was, uh, used to be active in. I have never known Fergus of Buckshot Facelift to take performance-enhancing drugs or use quantizing or triggers in his drum tracks. And Buckshot Facelift is not officially broken up. That's all I have to say on that. Let's begin the show. All right. That, you really had me on the edge of my seat. Okay. I just, you know, see all these little conspiracy theories out there, and, you know, maybe it was this, maybe it was that. No, no, no. It was art. You all know what they say. Drums. It's only a conspiracy theory if it's true. Oh, boy. Let's listen. We're already talking about Fergus. Let's not delve deeper, okay? Yeah. Into, 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 into troubled waters, mm-hmm. my friend. How are you doing otherwise? Oh, not bad, Will. Doing I know you were concerned fine. about that issue. I, I think about it yeah. at times. I do think about drummers a lot. <laughs> so, yeah. Because I, I imagine I, I listen to these drummers and I'm like, what are you doing? I have a few drummers I try not to think about. <laughs> yeah. well, I'm not saying it's pleasant thoughts. They're just there. Yeah. yeah. Look, look at those feet. They're moving so quick. Oh, are you sure? These drummers. Yeah, I know a couple of them. I've been in, I've been in a few bands with drums, a few bands with drum machines. <laughs> Which one cooperates more? <laughs> I got to tell you, playing that live set allegedly uh, with anal birth was pretty easy on the drum breakup, break, breakdown and setup. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Three plugs, right? Maybe I two? didn't have to unscrew any little fucking plugs and take any cymbals off or nothing. No sweaty drum thrones. <sighs> smelling like butt. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's get down to earth, man. Shout out to Fergus. Shout out to Buckshot Facelift. We'll see, we'll see on the other side of the rainbow one day. Uh, but for tonight, I'm here with Tom, uh, yeah. two weeks in a row, Just kicking busting him out, old school heavy hole. We, we did have a Justin sighting. Yeah. My, I was flying a kite okay. with like a little Spider-Man kite with my nephew. It was a bootleg Spider-Man, wrong colors, but whatever. Um, I got it at the dollar store and we were up there at the park flying a little kite. We, I, I ran up to the kind of cliff and I said, what's that in the distance? And it was like underneath a a bush there was like a family of rabbits nesting in justin's hair oh yeah and he was like he was sprawled out alongside the bush but his hair had been like taken by the rabbits and made into a little nest yeah so i didn't want to disturb him or the rabbits um but i called the cops on him you should i enough it's Uh, a common activity on the cliffs of long island yeah overlooking the ocean yeah i i call i called the department i called the um the ecology people yeah, the, the, animal, the animal protection people. Yeah, well, I mean, rabbits are... I said, shave they this may- guy's head and leave the hair there for the rabbits. <laughs> it's going to suit them better anyway. Yeah, yeah, he's out there, though. All right. Anyway, so it's out to Justin. He'll figure it. We'll put an iPhone in his hand somewhere in the in the wilderness to get some graphics for this, this episode, just like we always do. Tom, what's been going on with you for real, though? I'm sorry. I kind of... No, it's fine. I mean, really... Side, side swiped not, you there. Not that much, you know? Just hanging... Um, God, you know, you give me all week to think about something to do. Are you still playing the old guitar there? I am. To get the stress I out? I get the stress out. I what? play like the same couple songs, Chet Atkins songs, mm. uh, Mr. Bojangles. So you're not really down tuning and scronking and pedal boarding um, five different pedals? And- I think about it, but my problem is now is that like I have that, so that shoot releases out. 
I've listened to it a couple times now that it's out. Could you I, could you spell that for the listeners? S H U G H T. Oh, the yes. F- the, the famed B B-mo- movie inspired Gore Grind project. Yes. By Heavy Hole Podcast producer Tom. Exactly. That's the same one. Available now on the internet. So I've heard this in like a different lens of not listening to it for a few weeks and then checking it out on a streaming service and going, I want to do this again. I have some riffs ready to go mm. from my last writing session, mm-hmm. but I have all these things. And it's like, it's one of those commitments. I become obsessive and I have so many things to do. And if I was to pick this up at this point in my life, it would be irresponsible because I wouldn't get the other things done. All right. Commitment, irresponsible, yeah. obsessive. Uh-huh. You're throwing a lot of big words at me. Uh, it sounds like you need to get in touch with the youth, get in touch with your younger side, the inner child. Probably. Tonight, we're going to use one simple word, raid, R-A-I-D. Young band creeping on the come up from the Long Island, New York City area, getting out there and playing all the shows. They just put out their album, Parallels. We're going to get on the horn, Tom. Your back's going to feel better afterwards and everything. I can't wait. I'm psyched. Hit him. Big Will from Heavy Hole Podcast, and I'm here with today's guests, Tyler Hodelin and Liam Nolan. If I got that right, guys, did I get it right? Yeah, yeah. you got it right. right. I'm behind the scenes here messing up people's names. The listeners know I do that. Tyler is the guitarist and vocalist. Liam, you are the bassist. And Nick uh, Panalukas, your drummer, could not be here. Did I get all that right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. All right, sweet. Thank you for your time, guys. No of course, problem, of course. man. It's a pleasure. Uh, and you guys are, uh, of course, in the band Raid, R-A-I-D, from Elmont, Long Island. Yeah. Yeah, that's correct. Okay, you just recently released uh, your Parallels album independently, and there's a bunch of other material available on Bandcamp. you got several shows. You're kind of in the midst of this storm of a lot of local shows you're playing right now. Uh, hopefully this episode will get to some people's ears in time to, to check it out if they want. But um, the listeners know where I'm going, and I just warned you guys, we're going to go into your background a little bit. So, Tyler, let's start with you. Uh, the first question, and Liam, if you'd be patient, I'll get to you in a few minutes. Tyler, are you from a musical family, uh, musicians in your family older, older than you, or anyone in general who got you into hard rock and metal music? Yes. Uh, maybe not metal, but my dad used to be a drummer back in the 70s. Like, you know, he was around, like, in, like you know, what they would call metal back then. He was in, like, you know, in the D.O. and stuff. He was, like, in a band back in the day kind of going around playing shows and then he got me into guitar because he he grew out of drums and started playing guitar he got me guitar when i was like a younger younger kid when i was like eight and then i started playing guitar and then you know yeah so i, I, I got into like hard rock because of him and stuff like you know like Jimi hendrix and like all the classic stuff like black sabbath and whatnot through him you know was your dad in a band playing original songs anything we might know yeah original definitely nothing you uh in terms of originals, definitely nothing you would know. Like I know they were they were actually kind of like they had clout in their day, 
But like, I don't think it, the band's name was Rust. If you've ever heard of a band called Rust from the seventies, I don't know. They never had anything out though. So okay, but, some some of our deep dive old school metal historians might might be more familiar than than I am with I, that, but. If they could find that, if somebody could go out there and find like a rust demo, I'd give you good money for it. <laughs> uh, well, uh, all right. So dad is a drummer, gets into guitar, gets you into um, uh, a car, hard rock right off the bat. Let's yeah. uh, switch. And Tyler, you're always from Elmont, Long Island? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Like I was born in like Brooklyn, but I lived my whole life in Elmont. Yeah. Like, you know. Okay, so let's switch gears. Liam, same line of questioning for you. Musicians in your family or anyone in your upbringing that steered you towards music? I mean, in terms of uh, my parents, I didn't really get a lot of influence from them. They kind of just listened to, like, Billy Joel and Elton John. Mm. That was really kind of it. That was all we, I heard in the house when I was uh, growing up. But um, I kind of developed my own taste through uh, the friends that I kind of had um and i also had a cousin uh who um was in a band um around when i was like 13 and uh you know he was really cool he used to show me like primus and a lot of other really cool bands like tool uh when i was uh you know developing my taste in music so that was really important for me and then uh you know so i guess he was he was impactful for me in terms of like somebody in my family like putting me onto music i gotta ask again um your cousin and was the band anything any of us might might know about didn't they tour or something yeah but like they it wasn't anything really that big they kind of just were like a known like local band i really don't even know for sure if they played hardcore or if they were just like a punk band but well uh, i just i remember them playing heavy music like hard music what was the name um I can't even remember. <laughs> this is a long time ago, and like I, I don't know, I was never really a fan of his band in particular, so I didn't care enough to remember the name. Damn. Oh, family secrets coming out, Liam. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's it's okay. He, he probably doesn't care. Uh, all right, man. I'm I, yeah. I'm just breaking balls, man. All right. So, when do you pick up a bass guitar then? Um, man, I I was I was like probably like fourteen. Cause I, I had like started off playing guitar at first, like most bassists do. I, I was like trying to like do the whole um, like guitar thing, I guess. I wanted to play, I wanted to be like a guitar player in a band really badly. Cause uh, I thought it was cool. And then I kind of figured out that like uh, for me personally, I like loved the bass more in, in music. Like when I would listen to songs, I would mostly pay attention more to the bass than anything else. So I kind of just gravitated towards it at some point and then i fell in love with it so it's like what i put a lot of my like development into in terms of being a musician i focused on the bass after like i was 14. okay man um and then uh how about this any bands uh you know bands playing original music bands that might have played out uh prior to raid prior to raid not, uh, not on my case like me and me and nick have been doing the that's the only band we've ever been in yeah no i mean we kind of um i i i could say that we we've never really did anything other than raid everything that we've like created in has terms of has been post raid yeah. yeah okay so do you like you guys all grew up together or you went to the same high school or in high school yeah, yeah. Same high school. 
met all around the same time. Like me and Nick met first because Liam's older than us, like by a year, right? Yeah. yeah. Me and Nick met first, like in the school cafeteria, just like classic, you know. And like he was, we actually, this is kind of a funny story. We originally started jamming with me on guitar and him on saxophone. And we'd like blues jam. <laughs> it was not. But apparently, like, you know, I found out he had a drum set in his basement and I kind of liked like, 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 I guess like alternative rock, you could say. So I wanted to start jamming on that. And then eventually, like, we both got into metal somehow. And then, you know, that's how, I, that's how we, I bullied him into playing metal drums. And then here we are now. It doesn't surprise me for some reason hearing all that though. Like hearing, having spent the afternoon with your, um, your releases and and your new album parallels though, because there's a lot of experimentation going on, a lot of different sounds and influences kind of running wild. Um, it's it's hard to pin down. So I want to I want to get into now like, um, you guys are obviously from a, a younger generation, I would imagine. Um, you know, if, if especially if Raid is kind of like your first real band, you guys are probably in your early twenties, I'd imagine, right? I was nineteen and I'm twenty. Yeah. So yeah, pretty much. Wow. Okay. This see, this is great. Heavy whole podcast bringing you the young bands, uh, yeah, fresh. Dude. But but the, well, one of the reasons I zeroed in on you guys, uh, Exsanguinated performed with you guys and stabbed and, and several other bands. Um, uh, and I, I think it was a uh, uh, weeping from New Jersey was at that show. Yeah, weeping yeah. and grieve. grieve from yes. That show was fantastic. That show was awesome. Yeah. That's where I first became aware of you guys at Shakers pub out there a few weeks ago, but I noticed you guys have been really getting out there and playing a lot of shows. You've been putting recordings out there and kind of really putting the work in and you have a fresh sound that I want to try to um, express to the to the listeners without just using the same old adjectives um, and recommendations. So I'm glad I got you here. Let's let's start off maybe like you you gave us that intro of like you you're trying to play guitar and uh, he's doing saxophone and then you you know you 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 find out there's a drum kit so you so you get to that point. Um, and there's actually some like one song recordings and things like that, older stuff from 2019 available on your band camp that I think kind of show that experimental yeah. Yeah. period. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's some older stuff. Uh, that's before even Liam was in the band. It was just me and him. And, uh, the, one of the songs that's on the band camp is about Nick's dad. I don't know if you saw that one. It's called my name Dino. It's just like old, like punky kind of thing. And then, like, yeah, we we used to experiment a lot because we didn't really know. Like, we obviously knew like music, obviously, because like it's the, we have the internet, you can listen to music, but we didn't really know what we wanted to do. So we were just kind of sitting in Nick's basement at the time, just like just like being stupid and making like silly songs in the basement yeah, about Nick's dad. Like, <laughs> Well, there's, there, there's, I, cause I, I have these notes and I listen to it and I'm like, I don't want to compare it to a whole bunch of different bands and, and like make this, cause it sounds like you guys uh, are really into me experimenting and seeing what kind of different noises you can do and what different sounds you can make, make up. I see that the term yeah. shoe gore attached a lot. Is that like your own little genre tag? Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Our own little thing we made. Just cause, uh, like we we like to uh like since as you said like we like to use a lot of like big experimental sounds like you know there's a genre of music called shoegaze you know and that's where it's all about the guitar pedals and like the big wall of sound you could create and we kind of combine that with like genres of metal like our main influences are pretty much like new metal and death metal 
like that kind of thing. We've recently been getting more into like our grind. Yeah, like uh, grind. Yeah, kind of a grind sound. thing. Yeah. So yeah, like but just, we, yeah. we we like the the gore aspect of that um like name, name I guess just strives from like various genres of like core genres of metal basically yeah yeah (laughs) it makes sense when you familiarize yourself with the band and i like you had a few releases uh how i see it in 2019 was a little bit more like in my in my opinion kind of noise rock with a little bit of hardcore and it's for sure yeah, it, it seemed like in 2021 with Imminent Death, you definitely stepped it up with with, with in terms of like noise, bombastic sounds, harsh vocals, um, that type of thing, right? Yeah, yeah. that was um, how I see it was like written before. Like we, you could tell actually had a great influence on like the band. He was in it. He wasn't in the band during how I see it. Well, he was for like a second. I, I was in the band for like a couple months because uh, Nick and Tyler would pester me in the hallway <laughs> at school to join the band, and uh, eventually I joined. I would practice with them sometimes, and then um, we played a house show in, in Tyler's house. house. Yeah, yeah. Everybody got really smashed and we played a house show yeah uh, it was was crazy it was awesome allegedly uh, allegedly (laughs) yeah 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 and then at the the night my parents still don't know honestly (laughs) really well anyway uh so we like play the show and like the night of the show i go up to nick and tyler i'm like yeah i don't want i'm I'm gonna take my time to write my own music for a while and they're like see ya yeah i wasn't in the band for a hot minute they cycled through bassists for a while. Yeah. And in that process of me being out of the band, that's when How I See It was created. Yeah, yeah. But a, a lot of those bass lines that you hear on the album... Were actually written by him. Were written like, by me, but I just wasn't in the band at the time. They yeah. were they were performed by Tyler like yeah. really well, actually. Better than I play it. Thanks. <laughs> okay, man. And yeah, like I say, I don't want to get so steeped in all these bands I could compare you guys to. You mentioned alternative rock. There seems to be this big 90s... Uh, grunge noise rock thing running through it, but also for me and for fans of like the more local, like um, uh, you know, we would just, we would just say like more experimental, noisy hardcore and and power violence bands of of the '90s. There seems to be that element running through it. Oh, for sure. Like, just give me a rundown because you guys are from a younger generation, so it's interesting to me. I, I'm 40, I you know, so like, what are some of the bands that really got you into like what you would call death metal, extreme metal, underground music, that type of thing, away from the norm? Tyler, you go first. Okay, yeah. All right. Well, I'm as you said, we're from the younger generation growing up in the internet, man. For me, it was like Slipknot and Corn at first, like yeah. and like Limp Biscuit. You know what I mean? That's what really got me into like heavy music. Honestly, was like all those bands. Like I really had a big new metal thing back in the day. But like, if you think like you know, oh, and like System of a Down and stuff. But like new metal always has such a weird connotation with it. Like everybody's always like talking about how bad it is. But if you listen to those early Slipknot albums. And like the early like corn albums and the early like Limp Bizkit, all that that shit is like death metal grindcore, honestly. Like literally, like not as one genre. I mean, but like that's like all like early Slipknot literally has like grindcore songs on it. You know what I mean? I didn't know that's what I was listening to until later. You know when I wanted something more extreme, and then I found like hardcore and stuff somehow. I don't remember. I don't remember how exactly, but like you know, I started off with like. Slipknot basically Slipknot was like my big one and then I got into like Suicide Silence and Cannibal Corpse around the same time alright and I could I could see because I even remember System of a Down's first album and mm-hmm. it's oh like my God. it's heavy it's great yeah, that album, yeah. 
Yeah. I love that album so much. Definitely elements of grind and death metal. Uh, and uh, Slipknot, even like Slipknot, I, I always felt like their second album, Iowa, was even more death metal. Than yeah, the, than dude, the first yeah, one. super death metal. That's like all the, it opens up with blast beats and like, you know, like. It's crazy. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Liam, same question. Okay. Um, well, my introduction to like playing heavier music stems kind of similarly to Tyler. Like, I, like if I go all the way back in my memory, I was listening to like a lot of System of a Down and Corn because uh, I just, um, I don't know, I just found them through like Club Penguin YouTube tutorials <laughs> and stuff like that. You know, and, like that would be the music playing in the background. I'd be like, wow, this is this is cool. And then um, by the time I grew up and like got to understand like what I liked musically, I uh, I loved punk. I was really into. I, oh, I forgot about my punk. I was yeah, really I into the changed. hardcore punk. I kind of skipped over like the the early punk, like you know Ramones and Sex Pistols thing, and just jumped straight into like Minor Threat and Black. Flag. I was gonna say yeah, me and Liam had like a punk phase at the same time, basically. Yeah. Like- so I was really into that sort of thing, and from there. Um, while I was in the midst of being into all like the punk bands of you know the eighties and nineties, Nick, our drummer, showed me uh cattle decapitation in the school gymnasium. <laughs> and uh I had like dabbled in metal beforehand, but not to the to the degree where I put a lot of time into like listening to it, you know. So when he showed me uh cattle decapitation, it really like ignited something within me to like listen to more metal. And so I, you know, I went home and like did my research on like what sort of things I would be into. And then, you know, that opened me up to like Meshuggah and uh, mm. Cannibal Corpse and a lot of other stuff. So, yeah, it, it's just it all stems from like punk and, and metal and stuff like that. Yeah. And what about in your because you guys are getting out a lot now playing local underground shows in, in a lot of different parts of Long Island. Uh, you seem to be in touch with like the the underground and the DIY scene right now. What what when did you start like realizing that there were these uh, inexpensive shows with bands that nobody ever really heard of, and and you know the underground shows and things like that? Is there is there is it accessible out there in Elmont? Is there a venue? I, I mean, I know I know years past there were venues I could think of out there, but like in the last several years, where have there been shows you guys could get to? It's all out on Long Island. We got to drive out. Like, near Elmont, there's, like, nothing. We got to go out to, like, Amityville and, like, uh, all the way to Oakdale to go play shows. To go play at Shakers, yeah. yeah. Every once in a while, we'll have, a, like, uh, a show in Brooklyn yeah, or something like that. And, you know, we definitely have been getting offers to play in, like, Connecticut and New Jersey. But for the most part, like, the we can only really play, like, yeah, Long like- Island and, like brooklyn shows it's like kind of weird not weird to say but like literally this whole summer i feel not bad because like they've been like happy to do it but like our dads yeah driving us to all the shows yeah we look it, it really <laughs> it really nails in how like young we are yeah. like, all these other <laughs> like their gear and like short buses and yeah and, yeah and stuff my dad and then our you know our, our dad or his dad drops us off and you know he's like you know he's like see you have a good show yeah we're just like thanks <laughs> I, I've been there, and so, some of the biggest bands you can imagine were there at one point. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. Just, you know, there's no shame in it. it. Think about it. Like, 
Because like we'll be play, we'll be playing like these like crazy shows like you know some of these shows we've been playing are like wow like you know they're like local shows like you know how Shakers gets down and my dad will just drop us off all happy <laughs> he's just like he's like are you, he's like you guys are gonna knock him dead I'm like all right and then we're like you know like he's just funny to me. Well, your, your dad's kind of down in the first place, right? You know, like hey, you, down, like he's like oh, I'll drive you. He's like let's go. Gene, <laughs> Tyler's dad. Uh, Raid would not be where it is today. That is, I could say, true. I could say that with a hundred. He bought Nick his drum set pretty much, honestly, because it was his at first. But then my mom wanted him to get rid of it. He just gave it to Nick, right? <laughs> he bought Liam a bass pedal for Christmas. That was nice. That was when I first started like experimenting with like more pedal stuff in yeah. terms of my bass sound. So like Gene has been like the uh, the person who has influenced us to like be how we sound now. Yeah, more than a lot of other people. Shout out to my dad. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Gene, uh, formerly of Rust, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, you never know. Some of our some of our older listeners out there might might know the the reference. Because uh, sh- I know they did record, like they did record and play shows like a lot. So like this, there there exists a tape of apparently of, of, of his dad playing drums yeah. and, and his band, but we 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 can't find it or yeah. we don't know where it is. So it's really tragic. Yeah. But we we hope that there's somebody like there's people out there that remember it. That'd be cool. That'd be uh, awesome. I I don't want to rely too much on my own brain because I'm I'm fried, but uh. I feel like I've heard the name before. Maybe not. Maybe it was a different rust. But um, we I got to talk to uh, the gentleman behind Long Island Heavy Metal History. He's got a Facebook page there and a YouTube channel. And he's really been a, an amazing curator of anything hard rock and metal related um, from the 90s and 80s and even earlier. So I, I'll, we got to check in with him. But... Um, <laughs> Um, I love that guy's channel, man. I've, I I watch some of his videos and stuff, and okay. uh, I it's it's all really cool. It's cool that there's somebody that's like out there, like archiving that sort of thing. Yeah, I've been meaning to get him on this on this show for a long time, and just kind of like geek out on on uh, all of our like collective uh, knowledge of Long Island metal history. But I, th- you were talking about your dad's old band, Rust. You're in a four-letter word band that starts with a R two R A I D. Oh, oh wow! I, yeah, I don't. I, have, I don't. That think was I, not intentional. I didn't think yeah, about that. <laughs> it, well, it, what's the story behind the name anyway? Literally, I was at Home Depot and I saw Bug Spray, and I was like, "All right, that's a bad name. That's literally what it was." <laughs> <laughs> Very simple process to name the band. You know? Yeah. I love it, and and you guys were actually still able to get raidband.bandcamp.com. Somehow. Uh, for, yeah, for the listeners, man. The listeners, go check that out. You also got uh, some stuff on YouTube. Now, like I said, I don't want to sit here and dive into all these bands and compare you guys to this and that and genre names, but let's talk gear a little bit because on this new album, Ooh, yeah. pa- Parallels, you just put out, there's a lot of weird sounds. There's, like, everything from experimental harsh noise kind of stuff to, like, this... Uh, layering that that I, like really dramatic and epic layering of of sounds like you say shoegaze inspired to the yeah. more grindcore inspired tracks. Um, maybe let's start uh, Tyler with you, and then we'll move move on to to Liam. If you guys maybe just want to give us as much as you're willing to share of the kind of kind of amps and and heads and pedals yeah. and guitars and everything involved. I love talking gear, man. Dude, I love it. Tyler, I love it. Go, this is my Tyler, man. <laughs> now, all right. So for this album i was tracking it i remember exactly what it was i was using a orange like i bought this head like so many years ago right and it's just still been my boy i bought an orange rocker verb mark three i spent like 
you know, I, I sold like my entire inventory of stuff to buy that amp. And it's so worth it. You know what I mean? I was tracking it with, uh, I tracked the album, all the dirty guitar tracks, I should say, like all the heavy, like chuggy tracks with a uh, orange um, rocker verb Mark three into an, uh, it was actually into a singular speaker, like a ca- uh, combo amp with a singular um, eminent swamp thing speaker in it. Right. If anybody's curious, if anybody likes the tone of that album, that's what it was. And uh, all the pedals I'm using to boost the guitar, I was using a Behringer Super Fuzz on the boost mode. And um, like just to get like extra gain in the tone. And then sometimes the Super Overdrive to get like the tight sections. I use a lot of chorus on the guitar. You can probably hear that like all over the dirty tracks. Like chorus and delay is basically, no, chorus, phaser, and delay is basically my favorite combo of effects to just get a nice wall of noise out of you know and then that's pretty much what i was using i was also using a lot of flanger on this album to create the harsh noise because flanger going into distortion actually makes some crazy like insane sounds um some of the harsh noise is created on a synth as well like a synth engine like a, a korg synth that i bought online like years ago and i just ran it through distortion to make noise on it other than that that was that was the gear that I was using mainly, just like that kind of stuff to make like the big walls of sound. I also for the, all the shoegazy tracks, I used the Gretsch Streamliner uh, semi hollow body guitar and a Roland Jazz chord. Beautiful guitar, by the way. That guitar was pretty awesome. Yeah, and uh, yeah, uh, and then like you know that and like delay for all the shoegazy tracks, basically. Like you know. Uh, all right. Um. Same yeah. same question to Liam then. My my answer is a lot more simple. Uh, basically, I pa- I play on a PV grind bass that I bought at Sam Ash. Uh, they don't make that bass anymore, so I feel like kind of special, I guess, for having it. <laughs> but uh, in terms of like my amp, uh, I'm I'm playing through an Orange Tear, which is loud. It's like 500 watts, which is which is awesome. I'm able to cut through uh, in terms of volume pretty easily just off the bat, which is nice. But uh, then I connect that amp through um, an MXR uh, compressor pedal to just like really uh, put more power into like my clean sound, uh, which comes in handy for like a lot of the shoegaze stuff if I ever have to, um, you know, turn off all of my overdrives. But then in terms of, um, you know, adding more like grit to my sound when we're playing more of the heavier stuff, I I play through um, a Big Muff Pie, that's what it's called, right? No, it's a bass Big Muff. Uh, just a bass Big Muff, but like it's fucking got a giant pie symbol. I don't know, whatever. But uh, I play through that, and then... That's the one my dad bought. Him. Yeah, that's the one, you know, Gene from Rust bought me. And then uh, I also have a rat pedal similar to Tyler, um, and that, that just kind of makes it sound a lot more harsh. And that's basically it, man. I don't really have a lot of gear, uh, but, you know when it comes to playing the type of music we do, I don't really need a lot of it. I do intend on buying more uh, equipment to like make the bass sound in, in these uh, in future releases more wide and more, uh, you know, interesting. But for now it's very simple. It, it never stops. It never, you're going to be trading pedals it, in to buy new pedals and it never stops. It really does. It's a curse. It's, it's, it's horrible. <laughs> Well, let's for a second. Let your your drummer Nick is hard at work right now. He couldn't make this interview. Let's him get some. Let uh, let him get some though. In terms of this conversation, uh, did he record on that drum kit that your father gave him? 
yeah, yes, yeah, the, did, the orange, yes. yeah, the orange drum kit. I forgot. It's like a Yamaha thingy. Yes. Yeah. It's the Yamaha. Yeah. And like he uses a what snare is he like a Ludwig something Zildjian cymbals? Uh, He's got Evan heads and yeah, uh, you know, it, uh, you know, a bunch of really uh, like battered and broken uh, like Zildjian cymbals. It's pretty crazy how he manages to play his drums so well because uh, <laughs> all all of his equipment's pretty battered. Yeah, honestly, fucked up. Yeah. Well, you guys, you guys have this like really cool, like I, I said, noise rock before. It just has this noisy quality to it, um, in terms of the production value. And that's the other question I wanted to ask: um, Was this like uh, a home studio situation? Could you just like describe the the setup to record? Who kind of produced it, mixed it, that sort of thing? All right, Tyler um, takes the cake with the majority of of that. Well, uh, yeah, we uh, we record in my basement, you know. We have a very affectionate name for it called Sex Room Studios because it's there's a funny sign hanging on the door <laughs> that I found at a mall like years ago. <laughs> Not a lot of sex happened. Like you, you know how like you know like you you're an exsanguinated. You know how you guys have like the the space, like the stab space or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've heard about that place because you know how Logan from Pink Mist like. Yeah, I, th- I know Pink Miss is recording there. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. I don't know if it's top secret. But it's like, it's at an undisclosed location on Long Island. And, uh, yeah, it, it looks like it looks like a meat freezer from the outside. Is that is that true? <laughs> nah. you you'll find out. You'll find out. <laughs> so that place is like on a tangent. That every every recording that's done down there sounds like sick. Like like because like I know all like every like stabbed adjacent or like band records down there it all sounds fucking sick but like yeah our our studio is a lot more low budget than that it's just literally in my basement and it's like not the biggest space but um i remember like since the space isn't that big and we wanted a higher production value on this album because i've been mixing for like a couple years now yeah like you know what i mean i knew i can get a good mix but like i really wanted like a good like sound we we spent like money because we all have you know we, we we got jobs to like finance the music you know what I mean? Because like we're getting to that age, your parents can't buy you anything anymore. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah, you know, exactly. So like me and Nick, we were buying a bunch of mics, like researching drum mics and stuff. We never done that before. All of our old recordings were done with like two mics, like one on the bass drum and just one on the kit, right? So we bought drum mics this time. We put the I remember we put the guitar cabinet in my room, like the room I sleep in, because it's all in the basement. And then the bass, what the bass cabinet went, went in the laundry, laundry room. room yeah. yeah. And then the drums just stayed where they were. And then we recorded all in separate rooms, like that kind of vibe, but all together at the same time. But like, like the sound was like definitely more separated. And uh, yeah, we like had everything mic'd up nice, just in my basement. We spent money on mics and shit. I mixed it and like engineered it, I guess you can say, but we had a guy that's been supporting us for a while from the UK master for us. His name is Bin Monkey. So we shout out Bin Monkey. We love Bin. He did a great job. He, he, mas- yeah. he mastered the album, and it it sounds fantastic. It's yeah. like you know, it, he, definitely it, the he, best recording we we have. And uh, like a lot of the thanks hard. goes to him for making it sound so awesome. Yeah. All right, man. Um, yeah, it it's it does it has a bombastic quality. It's kind of like well, I you know, <laughs> I'm not trying to diss all my favorite death metal bands, but I listen to a lot of very kind of polished um uh you know 
like very very fine tuned death metal and technical death metal and things like that and old school uh, progressive bands or whatever and hearing your album it brought me back to um the the few names I will drop maybe uh like I'm I also am a big fan of like the Butthole Surfers and um a, a band like a band called the Appleseed Cast both of whom had very raw production qualities and this experimental nature to them and I I heard you light up with Butthole Surfers man you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah so- man, they're awesome, dude. I've never heard of uh, uh, Appleseed Cast. Is that that that's what you said they were called? Totally different band from Butthole Surfers. I think they were on Jade Tree and more associated with like the early uh, emo indie rock movement in the '90s. You know, like the Sunny Day Real Estate scene and those type of bands. Oh, but the, they were really experimental and shoegazy, though. Appleseed Cast. So some of your production. Um, quality kind of reminded me of that. And you know, again, I don't want to go on and on about other bands. Um, but yeah, Butthole Surfer is one of my all-time favorites. Definitely great. Yeah, they're all, I, I love them too. My production goal, like with the the way the album sounded, I was kind of. If you ever, are you into suicide sounds at all? Um, to be honest with you, it wasn't my generation. I can't say I've ever really given them a fair shake. Okay, well, their first album, The Cleansing, it's very polished sounding, but you can feel like the rawness in it. If that makes sense, like it's it's like produced, but at the same time, it's raw. Like, you know what I mean? I was kind of going for that. That was like my my main goal with the production. Cause like, you know, it sounds like good, but you can hear like the like the rawness in it. That's what I was kind of going for with like the production of this album when we were making it. Got it. Yeah. And I and I don't say that dismissively. That's just kind of the, the truth where I am. But a, a lot of our listeners, we have listeners from all different generations. That's why I like these conversations. So I'm sure a lot of a lot of people do know suicide suicide silence and know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um and unfortunately, now I'm looking on your, I'm on your Instagram. You guys are raid.shugor on Instagram. Um, yeah. And I'm, because because you have a few shows. Unfortunately, I don't think this episode's going to be out in time to promote your uh, Parallels release show at AMH, uh, Amityville Musical, the 14th. But um, that's this weekend. But you do have a show coming up at the good old Shakers Pub in East Long Island, Sunday, August 21st. Um, with All Under Heaven, Scum Crew, Heavy Hex, Cold Joy, and a band called Piomai playing their first show, man. I see that. It's it's gonna that be that show's man. gonna be great. Yeah. Shout out to Hard Knock. Like, yo, Hard Knock's the shit. He's very, very kind to us. All those bands are great that yeah, are on man. that bill. Scum Crew. But great. yes, I was gonna say, like Scrum Scum Crew in particular, we played with them at the uh, a house show at Clarendon. Yeah, which recently. is a, uh, uh, which is a you know a house that well, we that have we connections with, yeah. and uh, they came all the way from where Columbia. Well, well they're original. They're a beatdown band from Columbia. They moved like up to the states, but like they're from Columbia. Yeah, like, they, they're sick. And it's they awesome. they were they were probably one of the most violent bands I saw. That it was like, wild. It was yeah. it was amazing. It was crazy. So like I'm like I just wanted to say like on the record I'm really excited to play with them again, and yeah. like everybody that's listening to this should come to that show because it's yeah. gonna be awesome. Yeah, it's coming cruise the shit <laughs> <laughs> awesome man um yeah and that's gonna be at shakers pub uh what i say sunday the 21st of august uh here on long island at 2 p.m get there early tough guy uh, a lot of bands <laughs> tough guy. yeah man um so any other shows coming up because i feel bad i wish i had got you guys on like a month ago because you just played a, a marathon of shows through june and july um anything else coming up we got another cool one coming up with reaching out. Um, uh, I don't have the where's the fly. Let me go find the flyer. 
We can always, yeah, no, nothing is live. We can always edit it out if you want to grab it, man. Oh, okay, yeah. All right, yeah, I found the fly. It's uh, with Reaching Out and Garot, uh, Controlled Substance, Bitch Switch. And we actually have another band called Come Up and that's also playing. Me and Nick. That's a, 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 it's him, Nick. And then just other members of the Bad Idea Collective who we're friends with. Some yeah. of them are in. Uh, okay. Well, it's, it's, it's me, Nick, and then AJ, AJ and Christos of Pinkness, and then our friend Nate on vocals. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's a, but they're, they're, they're pretty fantastic. So, uh, you know, it's going to be fun to watch them play. Everybody should check them out at that show too. Yeah. But like th- this show on the 4th, of September, yeah, it's the fourth of September. It's gonna, it's gonna be, insane. it's gonna be, it's gonna be fun. You know, a like, uh, it's that AMH, right? yeah, AMH, yeah, AMH, AMH shows in particular are always really, really fun, really fun. So like, we advise everybody show up to the show. <laughs> it's gonna be, it's gonna be crazy, man. Like the, it's like the dynamic of like Shakers versus AMH. It's not really versus, but like Shakers is always way more like. It feels like you're in the forest, dude. It's like a fucking primal fight for your life. <laughs> you gotta keep your head on the swivel, with- <laughs> and the, yeah. the stools go flying. Yeah, you were there when the fucking stool went flying when the when the tile from stabbed through a stool at a guy. Like, People get into fights. It's it's yeah. It's but then at AMH, like it still gets crazy. It's AMH for God's sake, but it's definitely a more camaraderie type, like you know. But it's controlled as well. You it's know? more there's, controlled. There's, there's less. Uh, no bullshit there. You know? Shakers is barbaric in the best way possible. I mean, I love <laughs> I love this. This is great for the listeners because I, I, I'm a proud Long Islander, Long Island death metal all the way. I interview mainly Long Island artists, you know, for the most part, you know, even though all the worldwide people we get on here. So I, I can talk a little shit. I talk a little shit about Long Island all the time. Um, I think the last time I was talking about the, the Judas Priest show coming up at Nassau Coliseum and how many drunk uh, retired cops you're going to have to fight in the audience uh, if, if you go to that. Um, but, 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 uh, yeah, Shaker's Pub is out there. Dude, I love it because you're so spot on. Amityville yeah. Music Hall is like a nice... Uh, it's kind of like the St. Vitus of it's the, our closest thing to St. Vitus yeah. out here in Suffolk yeah. County, you know, yeah. classy music, metal underground club, um, where you could bring a headliner shakers pub. Yeah. It's like a, it's, it's, it's like escape from New York. It's like a fight for your yeah. life. <laughs> People that go to shakers to watch shows really want to be there. Therefore they like, therefore they go, off. they go off yeah. for like, the most part. I mean, there's always going to be people that stand at the back, but like a lot of the people that show up to shakers to our shows, are particularly violent. Yeah. Like, oh my God. Like that that secret stab set that we first got in contact with each other at, that was just mayhem. That, that was, insane. was insane. And when Weeping played that night, I got decked in the face. Like, I got really injured at that Weeping show. Like, when they were playing, oh my God, it's barbaric. <laughs> now, the Weeping set, the listeners, the regular listeners of the podcast might remember, it was a, it was several episodes back, I talked about getting punched in the face, and my glasses going flying, and how I'm going to stand in the back from now on. I'm too old. <laughs> that was the same show, or the same set, it was when Weeping played. Weeping was so violent, the crowd, the crowd was just going, I mean, that's a good thing, you know, like, showing out for the band, but like, my God, there's a clip, I, I don't know if you know Angry Young Man. You know, he's like another like hardcore podcast and he's like a cool guy. His name is, you know, he was at that show filming like because he always films the kids. He's like he doesn't mosh either. He's, you know, not scared, but like, you know, he's older. He doesn't want to get a kid. Yeah. 
he only films the shows and is just very supportive of the scene. He was there filming the set, and you could see me going and mosh and trying to be all cool. Some guy just like literally kicked me in the face. I saw white and I like limped out of the crowd, man. They fucked me up at that show. I remember that. That was yeah. fucking crazy. <laughs> it, it got nuts. That yeah, shout shout to uh, angry young man, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm familiar with him and, and uh, his platform, man. So, yeah, shout out to him and what he does. That's that's also a good window into the, t- the type of thing we're talking for the listeners, because yeah. we got listeners from uh, not just from Long Island and New York, so we like to like to give them paint a picture for a them sometimes. The, a glimpse into the scene, if you will, you know, it's wild. <laughs> Wow. So, well, what about because you guys you talk about house shows and and some some other um kind of like wild places you've been playing. Anything else jump off besides that? Uh, that Shakers night. Anything else kind of crazy go on? Uh, what are what are, what are you what can you think of? Tyler? First house show we played at Clarendon was insane. Oh my god, yeah, that was nuts. Yeah, it was it was it was just like because it's not a good place to have a show. It's very cramped down there, but that makes only that piece that makes people just go off more. Like you know what I mean? Um. We played two house shows there. There there have been three, but we didn't play the second. Um, the first house show was insane. It was the first Pink Miss, like, sh- no, not the second Pink Miss show. That was insane. The crowd was, like, liquid. And then when we played, the crowd was also, like, liquid. It was pretty wild. And then the third house show we played recently there was, all right, well, here's a fun story about that. We had it organized outside, like, with the stage and everything. But since there's an, since me and Logan were put in charge of the event, right? And we did a horrible job of planning it. Terrible. Right? Yeah. So, like, we went way over, like, the time. And the noise ordinance is, like, uh, I forgot the time it was that we even set. It was like, nine. It was nine. Nine. And if, if you go past nine, the neighbors might call the cops. We didn't want that because Scum Crew was playing. They came all the way from goddamn Columbia. Right? Yeah. So, in the middle of their set, we cut them and moved them into the basement. Literally in the middle. Like, yeah, in the like, middle they, of their they, set. They stopped yeah. playing and, like, we cut their set and we're just like, guys, we need to move. And then we're like, all right, we're going to move Scum Crew in the basement and you're going to finish in the basement. And then the, that energy literally just made people go insane it was like, such a team effort to get all the stuff downstairs and then when yeah yeah and when scum crew started playing again the violence was like everyone started taking their shirts off and yeah everyone, and everyone was just assaulting each other it was beat down you know it was wild oh my god and then ping Miss played that got real violent and then when we played it was like it was a very weird energy in that room just, in a good way just a lot of shiny bodies moving lot of, back and forth yeah in front of us. It, was, it was crazy <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah, you guys you guys do have a violent energy at times, but you and you seem to you seem to fit right in like a glove with with hardcore death metal grind like but do you notice do you get a different reaction at shows cuz you also have this like kind of very layered atmospheric but and also noisy experimental um quality going on depending on the riff. Sometimes yeah. it, it depends really on the show. There have been a lot of times where we've played and people are really receptive to that sort of thing and they get it and it's really fun. But there have also been other shows that we've played where we've uh, like shown them like the more shoegaze side of our music and they just didn't really appreciate it that much. Yeah, but lately they have been like, you know what I mean? Like lately they have been every show we've played, people have been getting it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, people like a couple months ago, like back in the day when we first started playing shows more regularly, there was a lot of crowds that just didn't really understand what we were trying to get across on yeah, stage. Honestly, it was pretty, it, it, it was fun, you know, because we have a lot of, uh, like, we, we, we like our music that we play, you know, and the, we have a lot of like pride in that. So, it, like, people not really liking it doesn't affect us that much. It's yeah. just kind of an awkward experience to have a crowd 
standing in front of you, not really moving or doing anything, just kind of looking at you, wondering what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, but now, like, people are into it and people get it because, like, people are really coming around and it's, it's been nice, you know. All right. I, I've been there where the people are just looking at you. <laughs> yeah. It happens, man. Yeah. Um, all right. Cool, man. So, uh, that, and that's that show. I'm sorry. That was um, September 4th at Amityville Musical. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Reaching out. Just, yeah, just for the listeners. All right, cool, man. And people can obviously follow you guys on social media for more um, and raidband.bandcamp.com uh, for the music we've been talking about. Parallels is your new album. Um, and anything else Anything else related to the album or anything else that you just wanted to express? Like, uh, you know, I, I didn't really get into the lyrics with you or, or thematically what, what, what Parallels um, – uh, means I, I don't know if you want to touch on that and um what you what you guys are, are trying to express in that regard it's just really depressing like yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's really sad you know because uh the period of time that we spent writing the album like writing those songs uh, not fun not a great it was, time it for wasn't anybody. fun yeah for yeah. anybody in the band so like actually the code we had a little funny code name for the album we were making we just used to call it the pain album before it had a name and then yeah like like the first song is called wrong choice and like that one that one's like pretty like every, every man's song it's just about how much working sucks you know everybody, no one wants to go to work it's about how much like i hate working you know there's a lot of uh like uh stuff like that on stuff there. like that in the album there's a lot of callbacks to uh you know childhood and like growing up and whatever yeah because uh i don't know it's just you know like there's not a lot of um there's not a lot of things like ways that we could uh, really express like that feeling. And like, I guess like we just kind of channeled it through the album yeah. for the most part. Yeah. That's pretty much what it is. Just like every typical like hardcore album. It's just sad. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a uh, collage of just uh, negative struggle. emotion. Yeah. You could call it that. Yeah. But very bittersweet and nostalgic at moments. Those are the words yeah. I, I would use for the parts that aren't as aggressive and violent. Hey, you you hit it right up. You yeah. hit the nail right in the head with that one. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and again, like this whole conversation, there's a so many bands I want to talk about and albums I want to talk about that it kind of rang certain bells for for certain reasons. But I don't like to do that because it pigeonholes bands, and the listeners might think a, a, a different thing. So I want them to just check it out and listen to it for themselves. Um, now, when you guys play live, also hyping up these these upcoming shows, is there like an impro Im, uh, improvised element or experimental element to the songs when you're playing live? Do you do a lot of improvisation, or is it is it more just like a, a set um, uh, song structure? There are certain parts that we, you know, dedicate our, you know, to being completely uh, perfect. Like we want to like play it exactly how we usually do it. But there are other like parts of songs that we play where a lot of it is um, all based on like eye contact and like yeah. yeah. Our drummer in particular, like Nick, Nick likes to play every song differently every time he performs it live. So I mean like, that we mean that in a good way. Yeah, yeah. no, it's 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 yeah. really cool. We don't we don't mean that to say that we, yeah. you know what we mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, <laughs> what's it called? Yeah, he he um he tries to be different with every performance he gives, and that kind of like gives a unique aspect to our live shows. You know, every time we play a song, it's different from the last time we played it to some degree. Yeah, there's there's definitely seems to be this like improvisational um like jam uh kind of thing going on sometimes that i enjoy I, you know i've only seen you the one time but um uh so then then moving forward man you guys have been very generous with your time 
And obviously, I'll give you the opportunity to plug and promote anything else going on. Um, well, before I before I get to the last question, I always ask. You did mention um, Comeuppance, another project you're involved yeah. in with Nick. Is there anything to look? Is there any recordings or anything? Not yet. We've been very busy this summer, unfortunately, because everybody's uh, since like you know since Pink Mist is like has such a good presence on the island as well. They've been focused on writing their stuff, and then we've also been focused on like parallels for like half of the summer, and then like. I'm not going to say too much, but we also recorded another project that we're going to drop very soon, like as raid. So then that made even less time for comeuppance. And we have another band called GIMP, which is me and Liam mm. and AJ and Logan from pink mist. And then we've had even less time for that. Um, so, you know, we've just been, you know, we did record something, didn't we? We well, yeah, we recorded recently, but that was just like after the whole summer, basically. So, you know, but comeuppance is, is like very, um, like what kind of music it's it's hardcore but it's like very straightforward hardcore like classic like two-steppy like you know like early hardcore kind of stuff just what like, you would expect out of an average hardcore band yeah like two-steppy just like fun but it, bouncy but that's riffs. not not average in any way shape or form comeuppance is is fantastic they, a, they, aj from pink mist is a very good riff writer yeah you know, like me, and then yeah. nick's nick's drumming in that in that genre of music it's not usually what he does uh he you know he doesn't really play that sort of thing so it's like a fresh take on it's cool yeah and you know he kind of adds something to it outside of hardcore so comeuppance is really uh you know there's it's it's obviously a hardcore band but like they're they're special yeah we have fun doing it (laughs) okay and gimp is the other band we'll be on the lookout for shout to pink mist i see you guys playing with them a lot i see them also putting in the work a lot i just happened to cross paths with you guys first uh in in real life now you said before did i get it right you said bad idea collective yeah that's like the little collective we're part of so that would be like like roughly like raid pink mist these other projects you're talking about is this like regionally like elmont and and surrounding areas musicians pretty much it's pretty much all long island except there's a tilted from new jersey they're fucking sick they're in it too um yeah but it's pretty much all long island there's um uh yeah submerge yeah submerge is also from crash test auto also from long island it's all long island basically got it bad bad idea collective yeah not not to sound too old but it's it's interesting to me because um i've seen long island go through a lot of changes in terms of the underground scene and a lot of different waves and it's really great to see something fresh popping up that's why i'm excited about your album parallels which for the listeners one more time r-a-i-d-b-a-n-d raidband.bandcamp.com um it's is it on other platforms spotify it's on everything yeah Yeah, pretty much everything but like um Spotify, Spotify is like, where, is like is, where we put the most work, honestly. Yeah, I'm not. We're not gonna lie. Yeah, <laughs> just uh, check out the Bandcamp for sure, but like also check out the Spotify. We want to get that monthly listenership. Yeah, we try um, to get it up. Yeah, <laughs> got it, got it. I'm sure our listeners will see. I'm on band. I don't. I don't use Spotify because I'm. I'm a, a technophobe. Um, I'm. I, I'm happy over here on Bandcamp. But yeah, definitely for all of our <laughs> listeners, because there's plenty of listeners who listen to this podcast on Spotify. Let's be real. So the, we urge them to check you guys out over there. Um. And the final question that I always ask, I'll give each of you guys the opportunity to answer it. Could you please recommend one older release and one newer release by any artist you like, metal or otherwise, demo, EP, album, anything, no strict rules, just something a little bit old school and something a little bit newer uh, for for the recommendation? I, go ahead, Tyler. Oh, wait, I have a lot. I, I, I don't know. I, like, I love yapping about music. Just, just pick one. Pick I'll one. pick one. I can pick one. 
Um, I've been heavily, heavily into mathcore lately. Yo, and heavily into grind. We we right? all have been, but Tyler. No, but I'm like the mathcore guy. Right yeah, now. yeah. Like yeah. literally, it's all I want to do. And all like, all right. My, the older lease I want to recommend, please, if you're listening to this podcast, go listen to this, please. Please listen to a band called Ed Gein. Please. Yes. They are basically like one of the early wave of mathcore bands, Mathgrind, but they're insane. Like, you know what I mean? They came after Dillinger and like after Converge, like a little bit after both of them. But they're crazy. Like their riffs are insane. <laughs> They're like one of the craziest bands I've ever listened to. Um, I, I recommend my recommendation is their EP. It's a shame dot dot dot. That's the name of it. It's a shame dot dot dot. It's a long name, but everybody just like on Spotify and on Bandcamp. It's just it's a shame dot dot dot. Right, Ed Gein. It's a shame. That shit is crazy. It's the craziest EP of all time. It, it, by far, it's insane. Right. Like, if you like discordant, like, mathematical, always changing kind of thing. But also, it has mosh parts, though. That's the cool thing about it. Like, they'll go from, like, playing this crazy, insane, like, mathy, crazy thing. And then they'll just hit you with, like, a beatdown part. It's crazy. Right? Okay. And then my new release would be... I I was at um, the Simulacra show at AMH that that just passed by recently. And then, uh, obviously, Simulacra is sick right that's like you know the headliners but there was a band that opened called silentus that i actually really really enjoyed and i would i recommend listening they're from long island too you know um i recommend listening to the garden is burning by silentus it's an ep you know by them it's actually really good if you like like dark hardcore like disembodied kind of like sounding like shit from long island you know we're pretty good at that as an island we have a lot of good bands like that I, I, dec- I definitely recommend listening to Silenus. They have a very cool, interesting, like, sample thing going on with them, too. So those are my recommendations for right now. Awesome, man. Uh, yeah, and that Ed Gein, definitely an amazing band. This, see, before what I said about Suicide Silence, oh, yeah. Ed Gein is a little bit more my generation. man. I definitely know that. That was a classic. Yo, that's, yo you're sick for that. Yo, yo that's base. Yo, Ed Gein is the shit. I love that. <laughs> Good. That's like- me and Logan are the only ones in the collective that like know who they are, and it's like wow. Oh man, yeah, I I want I want to talk music with you guys um all day now, man. But that's all right, man. I'll see you guys at some of these these shows coming up, man. Because yeah, that's that's some awesome shit. Um, uh, Liam, let's go with you though, man. Okay, so in terms of an older release that oh, I yeah. want to recommend gotta to people, it, gotta put it on. This 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 uh, band in particular is heavily inf- uh, is a heavy influence for me and Tyler. We haven't even talked about their influence on radio. No, yes, the, the band Slint from, the uh, from Louisville, Kentucky. They they came out with their uh, with their sophomore album in uh, it's ninety, right? Man. Yeah, but they, it says ninety one on Spotify, but I think it came out in ninety. I don't know if it, if it's right or wrong, but Spiderland by Slint is a really uh it's creepy it's it's, it's like melancholic it's just like a it's, you could talk it's one of the most yeah let me talk about yeah, it yeah. Man. <laughs> it's, one, it's one of the most amazing albums i think i've ever listened to i could say that with like certainty because uh it just takes you on a journey man it's it's very um it's it's considered pre-math to a, by a lot of people because a lot of math bands that came out throughout the 90s and into the 2000s were heavily inspired by slint for what they did on this record uh you know it basically just uh it's it inspired raid in a lot of ways because all the bands kind of or all the bands all the songs kind of uh come together really well 
and transfer into each other in a way where it makes you feel like you're kind of moving along with the album instead of going from track to track. So uh, I really, I really love this album a lot. And the band itself is really interesting. They play a lot of interesting stuff. And, uh, you know, it, like Tyler said, they're very creepy. It's like spoken word. Basically. And yeah, a lot of spoken word, which is also something that we like were heavily inspired by. Not, not to like, uh, oh, yeah. not to go on another tangent about another band. I'll keep this one short. But uh, we also, uh, I personally love Car Bomb. I, I'm the one so who showed much. him Car Bomb, goddammit. I'm lo- the one who showed it. <laughs> I love Car Bomb. Like, uh, you, you, you said that you, like, you're like a Long Island guy that's been around for a while. So I'm sure you, you, you probably know of Car Bomb to some degree. But like, th- where are they from in, in Long Island? Do you know? I have no idea. I, um, I, I was under the impression that they're from uh, Suffolk and Eastern Suffolk. Uh, okay. I I know some people who know those guys. I've I've I, you know I've met a few of them on occasion. I'm not like you know best friends with any of them, but I'm a, I am a big fan. And um, their their car bomb is a little bit more my generation. But I I'm glad you said that because the you know the whole interview I've been trying to um uh, not compare you guys to bands, but I gotta say if you guys are familiar with car bomb, you might be or sh- or should familiarize yourself. Do you know Neck, the hardcore band that some of those guys were in? No, no. He's looking it up right I'm now. I'm looking it up immediately. Oh yeah, there's a band called Neck, N E C K. Hold on. Um Yeah, luckily I'm luckily I'm in my little office here. I got my CDs. Uh sh- it's called Should My Fist Eye. That's the name of the album. Uh they had a few other releases, but Neck Should My Fist Eye is kind of like the um the, the classic one and there was just something about um your band that like i like i said i'm not saying it sounds exactly like it but that and a few other things it kind of just came to mind because it's long island it's a little experimental um but yeah the band neck i i would have to go back and do the research but a few of the guys from car bomb started out in neck and you can definitely tell it's really eccentric and experimental loud yeah. music too yeah. yeah dude i'll listen to them for sure yeah, that that's awesome because I, it's like I said, I've been dying to drop some other band names during this interview. So I'm glad you you mentioned Carbomb. Carbomb, a really amazing band. They are just oh my god, they're, they're fantastic. Oh, Carbomb is. So I, I, I could, me and Tyler could go on for a long time about how uh, the how way awesome they Carbomb use is. effects is like you know, oh my god, it's just beautiful. I but okay, no, like I, we're, we're getting a little sidetracked now. I have, to, I have to do my my early release, like what I what I what I would recommend in terms of that. I thought it was gonna be. I thought it was slint already. Oh no! I mean, uh, in terms of like oh, yeah. a release that uh, came mean, out like I guess like semi recently within like the last uh, year. Um, our boys. Practice malicious activity by Abscess by Pool. By Abscess Pool. Yeah. You played with Abscess Pool recently, right? Uh, wait, wait. What? What was it? Abscess. I'm sorry. Abscess Pool. Abscess Pool. Yeah, they played that Necrofest, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, man, they're they're fantastic. I love them. I, I love them so much. Like their their practice malicious activity uh release the EP, all of them are Thanks. all those songs are like almost perfect, and like the sampling work on that EP yeah. is 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 just as good. They're just really awesome in terms of what they make musically. And then even we've just been fortunate enough to play with them a couple times, yeah. right? Yeah. No, we've only played with them once. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, we, we we've seen them at we've shows. We've seen a them lot at shows, most, yes. But um, they're just really nice guys, uh, yeah. too. So like, I wanted to shout that out because they're just awesome, and everybody should check them out. So yeah, and they also are really good though. But yeah, Abscess Pool. Are they from Long Island? 
Brooklyn. They're from Brooklyn, yeah. Brooklyn. Okay, a lot of... Dude, I'm, for all the listeners, I'm just letting you know, if you want to know about up-and-coming young bands that aren't, like, hype yet but are on the come-up, this is the episode to listen to. Get your notes out. These guys are dropping names like crazy right now. Um, and and uh, I'm, I'm really happy to uh, to showcase younger artists on, on the program. So I, I appreciate those recommendations. You guys, you guys passed the flying colors. You recommended some really great I- shit. Um, we talked about comeuppance and GIMP, the, um, uh, these other projects you're involved in. You said you have a new project recorded under the raid name dropping soon. Um, and you mentioned your shows coming up September 4th at Amityville music hall and August the 21st at Shakers pub guys, anything else, um, that I forgot there. It doesn't seem like there's anything else to be said. What do you, what do you think, Tyler? Yeah, no. Yeah, that's it. Besides, like, the Sunday show with this will pass by then, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, un- yeah. Un- unfortunately, we're not going to be able to get this episode out for the show this Sunday, yeah. Yeah, yeah those two shows, yeah. Just uh, for, for everybody listening to the podcast right now, uh, keep listening to Raid. Keep 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 checking uh, checking out the album. And, like Check out know, all our friends, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, listen to all of our friends' music, because they're all equally as awesome. Listen to Long Island bands, man. We're, we kind of have it right now. Long Island's kind of going off right now. At the same time, just, like... You know, keep your eyes peeled and like just keep following us because we got a lot coming. Yeah. You know, so uh, you know, I just for everybody that's listening, just uh, keep raid in the front of your mind. Yeah. In the frontal lobe. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you very much for your time, guys. Thank you. No problem, Thank man. You. Thank you. Okay, I mean, if we're talking about, like, the Honey Ham, Salami, Provolone, I've seen Fergus definitely dip into that. Maybe Stacker, what are they, what are they Stacker B or something? What was it? Remember that day? Stacker 12? Little what? pills you get at the gas station? Oh, what are you talking about, Rhino 69? Pre- uh, this was back in the days. I don't uh, know about Rhino 69. Nowadays, the whole, that, that, that sounds more, like, influenced by, like, modern, like, you know, dance music culture or something. I mean, I I'm, do. we do cover the whole gas station erection pill market yeah on roast mortem quite a bit I, look all i'm saying is maybe there was a guy drumming in buckshot facelift who took the gas station erection pills before he played drums that's awesome allegedly that's like a conspiracy theory you can check out i don't know but listen thanks to um th- th- thanks to the guys from raid for hanging out uh, you heard the discussion. Thank you very much. You should go check out Raid and the new album Parallels. Follow them on um, uh, the IG or whatever social media they're on there and look for the shows. They're playing a lot of shows out on Long Island. We got to the bottom of it tonight. Sonically, very solid band. I am liking this rawness. Yeah. Ooh. they. Ooh. Yeah, it's busting out of the seams, busting out of your speakers. It's noisy. It's fuzzy. It's It's a buzz clip. It's a buzz clip just as they used to say on, on uh, music video television. Um, but before music video television, we communicated by telephone. 
And I believe someone else who communicates by telephone has something prepared for us this evening. Possibly exclusively. Tony Baldoni here. It's the pulse of the heavy holders. How you doing over there? You got the Tom, you got the the Jay Wolves, and you got the Uncle Buck. How you doing? Huh? Listen, first time I met Uncle Buck, this guy, he was making prank phone calls. We were, we were I don't know how old, we were, but the point I'm getting to is that I think the heavy, oh, I'd like to request, because I got the pulse of the listeners. I would like to request that there's some prank phone calls that Uncle Buck uh, insinuates, allegedly, right? So, uh, here's the catch, though. They gotta all be prank calls to Sal. Alright? So, think about it. Uh, you know, make sure you, uh, you click add to cart when you go to my, uh, my webpage. You know, all types of nice, beautiful patterns. Uh, jackets and ski wear when you go to the mountains or, you know, when you're hanging out and smoking cigars and doing mushrooms or whatever, you know? I don't give a shit. Thank you. Yes, uh, there were allegations many years ago and some sort of uh, tapes produced that uh, I may have made some prank calls to Fergus from Buckshot Face if that may or may not have occurred, Tone. Hmm. Um, Tone, maybe in the future we meet up uh, at the bagel store or something. We talk about these things before we bring it to the listeners' attention. Did he get mad when you did these, Sal? Um, yeah. Were you trying to trigger a drummer? <laughs> That's the only kind of triggers you're going to find on Sal. Um, yeah, man, this was about, I mean, yeah, I might as well spill the beans. We Back in the day, because this is going back over 10 years, I was living with my now ex-girlfriend at the time. So we had a landline at the apartment. I had my cell phone. She had her cell phone. And Sal, at that point, Sal, I'd only known Sal a few years, and I'd only been in the apartment fresh for a few months or so. So Sal didn't have the landline. He didn't have my girlfriend's number. Thank God. That would have been weird. And I had an, I think the, the whole jump-off point of this was I got a new cell phone, but my old cell phone number was still working. So I like, I started prank calling Sal from a number he didn't know. And he didn't know it was me. And then I I think I called him up and told him I left my phone at someone's house, at someone's place in Brooklyn that we were rehearsing at. And we got the whole band involved. So he, so he was forced to believe it was... We basically group-stalked Sal for, right. a, or for a... It went on for about four or five days. That's good. Yeah. That's, that's what you want as a band, you know? Really teaming up on one person. We... <laughs> Well, I've been in bands where, I, where that happened, too, and it didn't end pretty. But luckily, a buckshot facelift, blood is thicker than water. We were all tight enough to get through that one. But, um, yeah, well, it's so, oh, man. Well, you got to understand, there's also this kind of, like, ball-busting, bullying aspect that we that we were all kind of, like, venting off of from, from Fergus. There's a, there's a dynamic there. So he kind of uh, earned this. So, yeah, we, we were prank calling him for, for, like, we would prank call him. And then he would call me and be like, yo, Will, this fucking kid's, someone's got your phone. And I, I made it about the band. So it's like somebody had my phone and they were prank calling my bandmates or whatever, you know. And and then I, we were, I started recording it. And at one time you actually hear like, I'm on the phone with Sal and he's complaining about the, the prank calls. 
And then one of the ex-Buckshot face-off guys calls me, and you hear me buzzing on the other line, and they're like, yo, Sal just called me. He's bugging out. He wants to drive out to Brooklyn. And, da, da. and I'm like, yo, I got him on the other line. It was it was a pretty good tape, but we never we never released it, unfortunately, because of good old Sal. Uh, we didn't we didn't want we didn't necessarily want it all getting out there. Maybe a highly edited version will get out there someday. But there are a few people who have it, and uh, it it was it was it was good for a laugh. Uh, good old Sally boy there. Yeah, that was that was funny, man. Yeah. So apparently, so he he thought that like a really um, pretentious hipster guy from Brooklyn had stolen my phone and was prank calling all the Buckshot Facelift members, and he was really upset about it. Man. It was not a fun time. And then. Then towards the end, uh, he found he figured out it was me, and he kind of you know, and, you know that's that's how friends do, you know, we bust balls. This was also when we were a little bit younger, before he had kids and you know things like that. Well, yeah. it's never too late to have fun, they say. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know if I want to necessarily turn this into the the Jerky Boys podcast, but could be. That's what we're gonna start doing now. Yeah. When you say call him up, it's gonna be someone. <laughs> Don't even know. We don't even know. Oh boy, it's gonna be like Deicide's manager. Yeah, it's like all right, let's prank all that guy. Well, what's funny is you talk about all the band team. This one was was the whole band teaming up against the guy to call him. I've been in situations where the whole band teams up against the guy and not doesn't say shit to him. But regardless, um, we appreciate Raid talking all that shit tonight, man, and uh, hearing about the Raid album parallels that just came out and all their shows that they have played and do have coming up in the Long Island area. Uh, very interesting and original and bombastic band coming out from Long Island. Um, shout out to Justin, as always, man. Um, speaking of uh, the Long Island area and bombastic, we don't know what's going on. Uh, he might, his truck might have backfired somewhere. I, I don't know what's going on. He just him. lifted it so high that yeah. he doesn't get reception anymore. Yeah, yeah, he he doesn't have cell phone reception because his truck is too high. Yeah, he can't go on the parkways. Oh god. Yeah, he goes on the parkways, gets a uh, gets ends up getting a mullet from the fucking uh, uh, the bridge. Yep. Oh, shout out to Justin. Shout out to all of our correspondents and all of our listeners. Heavy whole podcast. We got the, a little old Patreon there. You can go to all the social medias. Leave us a voicemail. We'll play it on the show just like we did tonight. You don't even got to be as slick as Tone. Uh, shout out to Tony Baldone on the check-in. And um, that's about it, Tom. I don't think we got anything else, right? Dude, I got nothing. Nothing, not even one. <laughs> <laughs>